You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist uh, here at ComBank and today I'm joined by our Chief Economist, Stephen Halmerick. Stephen, nice to speak to you again. Thanks, Belinda. Very good to be back with you again. So today we're going to be talking about the ComBank Household Spending Insights Report for September, uh, which we have just released. And we'll also weave in just some broader views about the Reserve Bank's policy decision in October, the state of household spending uh, in Australia and kind of what we're going to be watching uh, over the next couple months. So thanks for joining again. So Stephen, to start with, uh, the ComBank HSI index for September rose again, up by 0.5% for the month in September. Uh, What were your overall views of the report in September? Yes, as you say, the the HSI was up 0.5% in the month of September. So of the 12 spending categories, we saw seven uh, increased on the month and five uh, declined. The biggest increase was actually in hospitality, uh, followed closely by uh, food and beverage goods. So hospitality spending was up 2.7% and food and beverage goods up 2.2%. And we think both of those increases are related to... uh, school holiday activity and football grand final series that were going on through the through the month. Uh, we also saw a further increase in spending on transport that was up 1.5% on the month, but that's again really related to a higher price of petrol. So we could see a, an increase in spending at service stations and, and a further 1.4% increase in education spending, which has been really very strong in recent months. Um, that was that was partly offset by falls in things like recreation. Now, recreation is interesting because that had been very strong in July and August. So July uh, was movies and August was the FIFA Women's World Cup. So we saw in September a fall of 1.8% on the month after some strength in both July and August. Uh, spending on utilities was down 1%. People might think that's a bit unusual, but this is really the government rebates at work. Um, and we also saw, saw further weakness in your basic, if you like, household goods and household services. So, so a mixed report on the month, uh, but certainly the, the increases outweighing the declines and up 0.5%. There's kind of two different ways, I think, to, to look at the report. We, we focus a lot on the annual change. So the annual change is down at 1.8%, which is pretty mm. soft, particularly when you take into account inflation at mm. around 5% population growth at well above two and a half percent when we look at how it was in 2021 and 2022 certainly Mm. a lot lower particularly compared to when the reserve bank started its hiking cycle back in may so that's one way to look at it it looks soft Mm. but then on the flip side when we look at the past couple months the monthly increases have certainly been a, a bit bigger than what we saw earlier this year how are we kind of looking at those two factors at the moment uh, yes, uh, as you say, like the monthly change looks like it's stabilised. So for July, August, September, uh, we're averaging 0.5% uh, change on the month. The previous three months, the, the June quarter, the average was 0.2%. Uh, so it does look like a little bit of a, a pickup since the, the middle of the year. 
or some re- resilience, as, as you put it, some of that increase in spending is clearly just related to higher prices. Yeah. So Petrol. transport, yeah, is number one, is uh, top of the list there, and people certainly will be feeling that in their day-to-day lives. So we're having to spend more money on some you know, essentials like, like petrol. Um, we saw an increase in spending on education over those three months. Foreign students coming into Australia, spending more money on universities. Uh, term four school fees are being paid, and um, there's been some increase there. Uh, things like insurance yeah. uh, is more expensive. So we're having to pay more, spend more money on things that maybe we don't always like spending more money on. Um, and we're definitely spending less money on things like household goods and household services. But we're also, as we've seen in the last couple of months, finding some extra money to spend on things like recreation and hospitality. Um, so there, there's a, a definite change in preferences, yeah. uh, some weakness in the in the basics, but some more spending and things that we have to you know, the price has gone up and a few other, you know, more enjoyable things in life like recreation and hospitality. But um, but overall, yeah, I think we'd say, and we've said in the report, some signs of resilience in the last few months compared to where we were in the June quarter. And I think like we had all expected consumer spending, I think, to continue to slow down. You know, we've spoken a lot about the lift in the Reserve Bank's cash rate. There's been a material tightening in a relatively short pace of time. We're still seeing the roll off of fixed rate mortgages. So the resilience we're seeing in this data, how do you uh, put that in context of uh, the Reserve Bank's on hold decision in October and then kind of looking kind of over the rest of 2023 how the Reserve Bank's going to factor in this resilience in spending. We know they look at this data, they look at other measures of consumer spending data. How are they going to look at this in context of a still relatively tight labour market, the upcoming Q3 CPI print? How are you putting all that together? Well, I think what the one thing you one of the things you mentioned there, which is the tight labour market, mm. I think is the the key to all this. So, uh, monetary policy has tightened significantly, and you know that's continuing to work its way through the the mortgage system. Um, most people with a variable rate will now be paying the the four hundred basis point of higher interest rates, but there's still some people left on fixed rates who have not yet paid it uh, the full amount. So. Uh, but at the same time, the labour markets remain quite strong. Um, the unemployment rate for August, 3.7%, is up from the low. Uh, the low was 3.4% in October last year. But it's not up very much. Uh, and, and overall, the labour market, uh, I think, remains tight. It's, it's not tightening further, but remains tight. Uh, we do have some you know, new Australians arriving, so net migration numbers are quite high. But that ongoing support from the labour market uh, looks like it um, is meaning um, consumer spending, household spending can remain a little bit resilient. Now, when we think about what the Reserve Bank did in October with the new governor in place, uh, Michelle Bullock, her first meeting as governor, the statement from the Reserve Bank when they left rates on hold uh, at the start of this month was very similar to previous statements. Almost. Uh, almost, uh, almost exactly the same. Yes. Um, some people have thought that the new governor might change the wording a bit, but the reality is she was the deputy governor for every meeting where interest rates increase, so uh, she owns those decisions as much as the previous governor did. Um, so the, the, forward, the, the message was we've done 400 basis points, it's working its way through the system, there's a lot of uncertainty about let's just keep rates on hold uh, to see how that uncertainty unfolds. But the forward guidance was that a further increase in interest rates may be required depending on the outlook for inflation, the labour market and the economy. 
And so there's a tightening bias that remains in place. Um, when we uh, wrote our note on that RBA meeting, we talked about the data between the October meeting and the November meeting that's important. One of those important data points is our own HSI um, out today. Which was resilient. And then, as you mentioned, 25th of October, we get the next inflation number yes. for September quarter. Uh, so we will definitely be looking for further confirmation that the rate of inflation is decelerating. Now, if we remember in the December quarter last year, it peaked at 7.8%. In the March quarter this year, 7%. The June quarter, 6%. Yeah. March quarter, be looking for something close to, sorry, the um, September quarter, be looking for something close to 5 that's what the, uh, the two monthly numbers we've got so far would imply. And then on the 15th of November, we get the next wages reading. Yeah, two very important readings. Yeah, so that, uh, that um, we definitely highlighted uh, in our RBA note that the 25th of October CPI and the 15th of November wages really critical to whether the RBA needed to raise rates again before the end of the year. So we'll be watching those data points very closely. Now, just back into some of the detail on uh, the HSI, we talked about the 12 categories and the different movements there. We also published data by state, and some of those state-based trends are looking a little bit divergent from each other. What were some of the key highlights on those state-based trends? Yes, yeah, so quite a bit of divergence, as you say. So the, the strongest state in the month of September uh, was Victoria, which was up 1.5%. Mm -hmm. ACT was also up 1.5%. Um, that, that looks like it could have been related to the, the, the football grand finals and the, the, the big series there, school holidays. Uh, then we had pretty solid increases for Northern Territory and WA, up 1.4%, 1.3% respectively. And then the other states, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, um, up but relatively soft. And Tasmania actually down 0.1% on the month. Uh, but if we look at the year to September... Uh, it's very clear that there's an east-west divide yes. going on here. So Western Australia and South Australia up 4.8% yeah. year to September. Um, New South Wales, for example, up 1.9%. Up, uh, Victoria up only 0.2%. So despite that big increase in the month of September, Victoria is really lagging behind in the year to September, whereas... Uh, uh, WA and South Australia are very strong. As they have been for quite some time now, so that That's right. does continue. Yeah, for sure. And then you've got um, you know, Queensland punching above the average as well, up 3.5%. Uh, Tasmania up 3.3%. Uh, but, the, but the big two states, New South Wales and Victoria, are you know, softer than the national average. Yeah, and dragging obviously that national average down. Stephen, been great to get your insights on the household spending insights for September and also what to watch out for for the RBA over the next couple of months. Thanks for joining. My pleasure. Thank you. Now you can read our report on the ComBank Household Spending Insights series, which was published on the 11th of October 2023 on combankresearch.com.au. Any reference to the term CBA data means the proprietary data of the bank. The data used in the Commonwealth Bank Household Spending Insights series is a combination of CBA data and publicly available ABS CoreLogic and RBA data. As analysis is based on CBA customer transactions, it may not reflect all trends in the market. All customer data used or represented is anonymised before analysis and is used and disclosed in accordance with the bank's privacy policy.